Yes. So, when going back to like your because uh, God wants to experience our trials, our pains, strengths, and stuff like that. Yes. So when people say like now, when you're going through a trial, it's trying to get you closer to God, but in reality, God's right there because He's experiencing it. Absolutely. I absolutely believe that God is always right there experiencing. And if I lost a child, God forbid, I ever lost a child, I would, I would say things to God's face that were so irreverent and unholy. I would throw things at him. I would give him signs and gestures to tr- show him how angry and how much I hated him. Yes? Sure. Thanks. Do you know what I mean? On my humanity, I would sin, but I also believe my God is big enough to go, mm, all right, I'm going to ignore that comment. I'm going to ignore that because I know you're angry and you need to take it out on somebody. I'm big enough. I can handle it. And I'd rather you talk directly to me and tell me what a jerk I am than tell all your friends what a jerk I am. So I would eventually come around, I think, to to realize that God is just in agony with me. Please don't ever say God won't give you something more than you can handle. That means that God... <laughs> I mean, this one, this one touches a nerve. You're actually saying God will only give you the things in your life that allow you to handle it all. And you won't even need God. Because it's only when God gives you way more than you can handle that you fall on your knees and you beg God for help. I can't handle this. It's too much. And God says, okay, let me help. But if God only gave us what we could handle, I wouldn't even need God. I can handle it all. So yeah, it's a very stupid thing to say to somebody. I think what they mean to say is there's a verse in James that says, I believe it's James, that God will not tempt you beyond what you can handle. Meaning God knows your limits and he will not tempt you beyond what you are able to say no Because remember, free will. You have to have a choice. But let's say your choice wasn't really a choice. It was such a massive temptation. There was no way you could possibly resist. God says, I'm not cruel. I will always give you a way out. I will always give you a way out. So I will not tempt you beyond what you can handle or endure, I think he says. But I think people turn that into God won't give you more than you can handle. He does every day give us more than we can handle. That's just insane. So yeah, I agree with your mom. Like, that would make me so mad. And I do. I'd probably go off on people and they go, don't worry, God won't give you more than you can handle. That is so stupid. <laughs> just go crazy on it. That actually gave her comfort and peace. Because if we have this idea that God is up in heaven with his arms crossed, sitting on his throne and looking down and say, and you say, God, I I just lost my son. And he says, yeah, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. I've known that since the beginning of time. He's aloof. 
He's insensitive. It's like, you're a jerk. Honestly, I don't want to serve Apollos. I don't want to serve um, Jupiter. Or uh, I don't want to serve Hermes. Or Athena. Because all those are gods that are aloof. They're up in heaven and they're toying with us. Our God says, I'm so sorry that you lost your son. It's your fault and I hate you. And God says, I know you think that. It's not, it's not true. And I know you don't hate me. But uh, I'm suffering with you. I don't believe you and I hate you. And God says, it's okay. But he is, he's suffering with us. So that's the God I want to serve. And that's the God who is revealed to us in scripture. Not the God who, nah, I don't care. I already knew that. I knew that a million years ago. Well, great. How does that help me? Ooh, you're so all-knowing. Yeah, God's all-knowing, but his love drives him right into your life and says, geez, I care about your keys that you lost. And when you're going crazy, where are my keys? When we have this picture of God on his throne, I don't care about your keys. I'm trying to save kids in India. Pray about something that weren't, that's worthwhile. And you're like, <laughs> God says, I care about it all. Did you lose your keys? I care about that. Let me help you. That's my God. I don't know about you. That's my God. He cares if I lose my keys. And if I lose my kids. They're both important to him. So, amen. Praise God for that. Um, you can always disagree with me or say, Mr. Dean, I think that was just downright awful. Or, how can you say that? Or, you know, yuck. That made me feel bad. Or that sounds like we're approaching some, like, sacrilegiousness of something. I don't know. But please feel free to, I always think, mm, sometimes my mouth gets me in trouble. <laughs> Lots of times my mouth gets me in trouble. Look at 614. This will be the last thing we do. And I think today, uh, because we just don't have more time, but we haven't even gotten to the good stuff. Like when Ham comes in and sees his father's nakedness and goes out and tells his brothers and they come in and they try to cover him. And oh my gosh, Noah wakes up, curses Ham's grandchild? It's like, what in the world is going on? Just wait, that's going to blow your minds. But before we get there, God's telling uh, Noah to make this ark. Do you know what the Hebrew word for gopher is? What's a gopher to you? It's a cute little rodent, right? They don't even know what gopher is. No Hebrew even knows what gopher is. It's an unknown word, and the word in Hebrew is gopher. <laughs> so they just transliterate gopher. That must be gopher wood. That means, hey, go for some wood over there. I need some. Bring it back over here. And then I need you to go for some milk. And then we're going to have to go for some wheat later on. But go for some wood right now. I'll go for some wood. So it's an unknown word. It doesn't mean anything. It's some kind of hard wood maybe that they used. Yes? Why do some uh, Because they're guessing. <laughs> they're just, I honestly, they're guessing around. It may have been a similar word that was a word that sounded like the Cypress that they did know that word and they thought, well, maybe, maybe it was kind of like Cypress. But what I've read and studied is that oh, yeah. the word gopher doesn't mean anything. To, and, it. it's uncertain. Gopher. That's what's that's in the Torah. And the Jews are like, what does gopher mean? I don't know what does gopher mean. I don't know. I mean, obviously Moses knew. Yeah. 
Or maybe even Moses was like, hey, uh, God, what is go for me? And God went, you figure it out. Because <laughs> that's what he loves to do. You figure it out. <laughs> okay, um, you guys got to check this out. <laughs> Chapter 6, verse 14. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark. Ba, 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 ba. Um, and cover it inside and out with pitch. What does that mean? It is. It's tar. Pitch, bitumen and pitch. But that's not the word I'm excited about. It's not what pitch is. It's the verb to cover. The verb to cover in Hebrew is kafar. Say kafar. It's a great word, kafar. Kafar is the word that the New Testament translates and the Old Testament translates atonement. It's a churchy word. Oh, Jesus made atonement for me. We think that means he forgave me. No, he kafard me. He covered me inside and out with pitch because what is to kafar something? Let me tell you the things that were kafard. God told Noah, kafar the ark. Inside and out with pitch, with tar, because tar is sticky. No, it's not buoyant. It's waterproof. It's waterproof. Now, hang on. Moses' mom and sister, yes, I want you to kafar the ark. It's a tiny ark. It's the same word for his ark. Kafar the ark and put baby Moses in it. And they kafard his basket inside and out. They made it waterproof. Because what are they trying to protect the basket against? Water. Water's the destructive agent. What is Moses or Noah trying to protect the ark against? The water. It's a destructive agent. Jesus makes atonement for us. And he kafars us inside and out. He's protecting us against a very destructive and dangerous agent. What is it? Sin. Not sin. Satan. Not death. Satan. Satan? Nope. Wrong side. No. Who is the only person in history to have described himself as an all-consuming fire? God. Jesus is protecting us from God because God is dangerous. God is lava. You cannot pick up lava with your hands. As beautiful as it is, it will melt your hands every time. Why? Is the lava angry at you? No. It's just, it's nature. It's hot. Yes, God is fire. It's his nature. He burns everything to a crisp. And so Jesus makes atonement for us so we can stand confident in the presence of God as the flames of the nuclear warhead and the concussion waves blast over us. But we're fully covered and protected from that dangerous substance called God. And we can stand in his presence. And I just think that's the coolest thing in the world. Oh my gosh. Water is dangerous and water will kill you if you get too much of it. What are you doing? I'm swimming. Oh my gosh. Oh, you're just swimming? Yeah. What happened to that kid? He drowned. What happened? Too much swimming. Too much water. He, he didn't have the balance. He didn't have the protection. Cool. What are you doing? Oh man, I'm walking on coals. I'm fire walking. Or I'm building a fire. Where? In your house. You can't. Your house. Will be. It's in the fireplace, dude. Chill out. Oh, 
Okay. So fire, fires in fireplaces are nice. What, what's that burning? It's my stove. I'm cooking soup. Oh, my. Oh. Fire in the right place? Wonderful. Fire in the wrong place? Destroys everything. Kafar. And I love it that God, Paul, everybody says, Jesus Christ came as an atonement for your sin. He's going to cover you so you can stand in front of the most dangerous thing that ever existed, and that is God. Don't for once think God is safe. God is not safe. Oh my gosh, that's why we fear him. He is not safe any more than fire is safe. But fire is necessary, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing, and it's all these things, but it's not safe. So, kafar. Oh, you remember a little story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? <sighs> you tell me, guys. Tell me they weren't covered. They weren't kafard. They were thrown into a furnace so hot that when they opened the door, the people that opened the door were melted. They melted. It was like Raiders of the Lost Ark. And his head melts. It was like thousands of degrees. And they throw these guys bound hand and foot into the furnace, drop them in the hole from the ceiling. And they get up and their bonds are burned off, but their hair's not singed. Their clothes are not singed. They're walking around in the furnace, it said. And Nebuchadnezzar looks and he sees what appeared to be a fourth man in the fire. And he says, get him out, get him out, get him out. He opens the door. And they're like, hey, Nebuchadnezzar. Hey, Nebi, what's going on? And they come out and he smells them. They don't even smell like smoke. You talk about kafard. Those guys were covered with a protective covering against the dangerous agent, which was the furnace's fire at that time. By the way, we, me we memorized the wrong names. Shadrach means Aku's command. That was a god of the Persians, I believe. Meshach, who is like Aku. <laughs> Again, a lot of Aku. And Abednego is the, I'm the servant of Nabu or Nebo. <laughs> and we, that's the names for them. We give them their, you know what their names are? Anybody remember their names in the text? They're Hebrew names. Nobody knows this. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Hananiah means God has been gracious. Mishael is who is equal to God. And Azariah is God has helped me. I wish we knew those names. Yeah, Michaela. Do you know what Michaela means? We named Michaela after the Hebrew. Michal or Michael. Michal means who is like God. It's a, it's a question statement. It means nobody. It's a question that doesn't really ask for an answer. Michael. So Michaela is the feminine of that. Who is like God? Nobody is like God. I just love this. So Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael. But you'd be like, you know the story of Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael? And people are like, huh? She had wrecked Mishael and Abednego? Oh, yeah. That's the one I know, the evil satanic names. Yeah. Good. Yes. Brent. <laughs> Daniel. Do you know what Daniel means? Dan, judge. E, my, L. God. God means L. L means God. God is my judge. The last name Dean. Bet Dean. Do you know what a Bet Dean is? It comes from Dan, which means judge. Yeah. Bet Dean is a house of judgment. It's a courthouse. So Dean, the last name Dean, even though it's D-E-A-N, it probably came from somewhere way down the line, judgment.
judgment. So I hope to live up to my name that I show merciful judgment on others so that I might be shown merciful judgment. Because we're all going to get judged. I just want to be merciful in how I judge others. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Any other questions, comments, concerns? At any time, if you ever want to say, God is awesome, Mr. Dean, I'll be like, I will join you and say, I know, right? I get, sometimes I cry. Sometimes I yell. Sometimes I just, I got to stop and say, God is so good. Oh,